0: God created man in His own image. In God's image He created him, male and female, He created them. Genesis 1.27. Dear Lord, we are humbled that You have chosen to imprint Your image upon us. Yet we acknowledge that we often fall short of living as Your image bears. We stumble, we divide, and we forget the sacredness of our collective calling. Forgive us, Lord, and renew us. Father, we pray that you would unite us in the purpose for which we were created, to be mirrors of your love, kindness, and justice and creativity in this world. May we see each other as fellow bearers of your image, transcending the divisions of race, nationality, gender, and class that often pull us apart. Empower us, God, to be agents of unity and architects of community, recognizing that when one of us suffers, we all suffer. When one of us triumphs, we all share in that victory stir our hearts to value the dignity and worth of every individual and to work together in building a world that reflects your kingdom ideals in the name of jesus our lord and savior we pray amen welcome to Pray news where hope is our only bias today's news at a glance israel bombards gaza and the humanitarian crisis looms as the body count rises biden is questioned by special counsel for storing classified documents in his garage And California Governor Gavin Newsom is coming after your candy. Today, we are reminded that all people, irrespective of race, culture, or location, are made in the image of God. It isn't just an identity, but a calling that unites us across all the lines that usually divide us. We're not just a random collection of individuals. We're a community of humans, reflecting the image of our Creator, each of us a facet of His divine nature. May this calling to mirror God's love, kindness, and justice mobilize us today. And may it inspire us to constantly look at Christ, who embodied the character of God perfectly. May we follow after Him, look to Him in all things and how we act and how we interact with each other and how we see ourselves. As we strive to live up to this potential, let us embrace each other as fellow image bearers, co-laboring to create a world that truly reflects the glory and beauty of God. We're so glad you're here. We pray that today's news leaves you both informed and transformed. If you've been enjoying Prey News so far, make sure to follow and subscribe. That way you never have to miss an episode. Now, before we get into today's first story, let's hear a word from these sponsors.
1: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family,
0: In a rapidly escalating conflict that has enveloped Israel and the Gaza Strip, concerns are mounting over an impending humanitarian disaster in Israel. On Saturday, a devastating attack by Hamas resulted in the death of more than 1,200 Israelis, primarily civilians. Hideous footage and testimonies are pouring in, showcasing the spite, hatred, and evil nature of this attack. Israel's response has been a series of airstrikes in Gaza and skirmishes along its northern border, with Lebanon. The scale of this military action has elicited fears of a humanitarian disaster. According to the Enclave Health Ministry, Israeli strikes have so far killed at least 950 Palestinians in Gaza, as we're reporting currently. More than a quarter million Gazans have fled their homes, trying to escape the ongoing bombardment. Israel's military has imposed a complete siege on Gaza, leading to critical shortages of food, water, and fuel for the citizens. Gaza's main power plant has also gone dark, leading to desperation. Of those who have been displaced, more than half are taking refuge in UN-run schools. The remaining seek shelter in hotels and other areas less likely to be targeted. Despite the Israeli military's encouragement for Palestinians to leave the border crossing with Egypt, the crossing itself has been bombed three times, according to the UN Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs. This has effectively sealed off any escape route for the residents, meaning the warning for Palestinians to evacuate was more of a claim of the inevitable rather than a call to actually evacuate. Israel's response is not limited to Gaza. The Israeli military has also exchanged fire with Hezbollah in Lebanon. Should Hezbollah fully join the war, military analysts suggest it could spell disaster for both Lebanon, Israel, and their allies. This could potentially morph into the conflict into broader regional crises, bringing in foreign allies like the U.S. Despite growing pressure, Egypt has shown no willingness to open its border with Gaza to allow refugees to flee. The situation in Gaza is further complicated by Egypt's tightened restrictions on the enclave in its own North Sinai region. Evidence emerging from Israeli sites near Gaza indicate that Hamas gunmen attacked Israeli civilians in all the mundane places of Saturday morning. Killing more than 1,000 people and abducting an estimated amount of 150, but possibly more. Most notably, more footage is coming out of a massacre at an Israeli music festival, with civilians being shot down, captured, and sexually assaulted as they desperately tried to flee. Israeli soldiers retaking control of towns near Gaza have found evidence of a massacre of civilians by Hamas gunmen. According to available reports, an array of individuals from young children to elderly citizens. Have been abducted. Among the most unsettling visuals to emerge are videos featuring hostages like Cherie Bibas, a young mother seen with her two children, and Yafa Adar, an 85-year-old woman who requires chronic medication. This stark reality forces us to confront the unimaginable suffering inflicted upon civilians caught in the crossfire of geopolitical struggles. With threats of public executions for every Israeli airstrike on Gazan homes, This hostage situation signifies an alarming escalation, one that even has global organizations unequivocally labeling Hamas as a terrorist entity. Israel has a unique historical approach to such crises, often putting its citizens above other considerations. We've seen audacious rescue operations like the 1976 raid in Entebbe, Uganda, and complex negotiations such as the trade of more than 1,000 Palestinian prisoners for the release of one single Israeli soldier. Given the scale of the current situation, however, the prospect of a wholesale prisoner exchange seems increasingly unlikely. This crisis comes as global opinions continue to shift. While left-leaning factions in the US and Europe have been growing more sympathetic towards Palestinian cause, the sheer brutality of these recent events has put Palestinian supporters on the defensive. President Biden's scathing condemnation of the acts as a violation of every code of human morality underlines the gravity of the situation. The complexities of this issue also extend to Israel's tactical considerations. Intelligence suggests that the hostages are being held in small, dispersed groups, likely in tunnels beneath Gaza. This makes a large-scale rescue operation exceedingly difficult, if not impossible. Any further escalation in violence threatens not only Israeli lives but also citizens of other countries, including the U.S., Thailand, and other hostages from all over the world. The Israeli military has stated that it has reduced capacity for precision strikes because its forces are stretched thin. This limitation has severe implications for civilians, as evidenced by several residential buildings in heavily populated areas being targeted, resulting in casualties, including the elderly, women, and children. The tragedy unfolding affects the innocent lives on both sides and calls for urgent prayers for peace, reconciliation, and end to suffering. The Bible also teaches us the value of all human lives as each person is made in the image of God. We must therefore mourn for every life lost, irrespective of borders, and pray for wisdom for leaders to find a way to bring about a ceasefire and humanitarian relief. There are other calls we have been given in scripture, two calls that must be held in tension with one another. The first call is to justice, Psalm 82 says, Give justice to the weak and the fatherless, maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. And those words certainly apply to the innocent lives caught in the crossfire of this conflict. God also declares that justice and vengeance are His. Deuteronomy 32 and Romans 12 illustrate this, and we ought to look to Him as He raises up ministers of justice to thwart campaigns of evil. But the second call is a call to pray for our enemies. Jesus implores us in Matthew 5, 43-45, You have heard that it is said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In a complex geopolitical world, this scripture seems out of place and nearly impossible. How can love drown out hate when hatred is so volatile? But we have to assume that when Jesus said, love your enemies, he meant all of them. How love prevails in this dark situation, we can't fully be sure. But we will pray that Jesus' justice and love shines through somehow. Amidst the destruction, the Christian community has a role in offering spiritual solace, pushing the diplomatic dialogue, and providing humanitarian aid wherever it's possible to give. It's a call for Christians worldwide to uphold the principles of justice, mercy, and humility as we navigate through these devastating times. May we, in all things, look to Jesus as our example. With all this being said, let's lift this story up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in this time of immense pain and conflict. We pray for the innocent lives lost and those living in fear in this devastating situation. Grant wisdom for the leaders and courage to the peacemakers. Would you rebuild what has been destroyed in Israel and help us, Lord, to be instruments of your justice, mercy, and love everywhere we go. May your grace guide us to a path of peace and reconciliation. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In a world where classified information can make or break nations and political figures find their garages as secure as Fort Knox, another riveting chapter unfolds. President Joe Biden has been voluntarily interviewed by special counsel Robert Herc over the storage of classified documents, and in what could only be described as water cooler chatter for Capitol Hill, the questioning took two full days. Before you grab your pitchforks, it's vital to understand that Biden is not the first political figure to face scrutiny over classified information storage. This club has quite an exclusive roster, including Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and even Jimmy Carter. So, if you're keeping score at home, that's Democrats, Republicans, and a peanut farmer. The issue is as bipartisan and universal as apple pie on the 4th of July. The classified documents were discovered in Biden's home, specifically his garage. They were stored next to his Corvette, which has probably never been used as a document vault in the Mission Impossible films. Unfortunately, we still don't know what the documents contained. According to the White House, what differentiates this from other similar instances, such as Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, is that there seems to be no attempt to obstruct justice or hide the documents. The timing of this investigation adds another layer to the intrigue, though. While the Middle East was heating up, Biden's whereabouts were unknown for a little bit. It turns out he was occupied, not with international diplomacy, but with questions from Special Counsel Herc. The investigation's timing has led some to speculate that the White House may be attempting to bury the news, a tactic as old as politics itself. Other skeptics have claimed that this investigation made Biden unavailable for immediate statements, giving his team time to prepare his response in regards to what was happening in Israel. The investigation inevitably raises questions about the treatment of political figures in the United States. Are they above the law? If history is any indication, The way the story unfolds may likely depend on the political climate rather than the facts themselves. It's worth noting that politicians, regardless of their party, seem to have a proclivity for playing fast and loose with sensitive data, like kids playing catch in a field of landmines. There may be a common thread with Hillary Clinton's emails, Trump's indictment for classified documents, and this instance with President Biden. There's a certain narcissism in assuming classified documents are personal property intermingling them with your high school yearbook and old records. It's as if these figures, whether it be Biden or Clinton or Trump, view themselves as immune to the rules that govern us as citizens. In times of uncertainty and political chaos, it's easy to point fingers and cast stones. But as the Bible reminds us, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. It's essential to remember that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That includes our leaders, and while it's crucial to hold them accountable, absolutely crucial to hold them accountable, we must also offer some grace and pray for wisdom and justice to prevail above our own opinions. Our leaders are human, flawed and in need of some grace we often seek for ourselves. Does this mean that we let them off the hook? Well, not necessarily. What it means is that we look at these stories through empathetic lenses, understanding that we are all capable of sin and we all are capable of mistakes. However, the stakes for a president are much higher. That can't be taken away. In the midst of the noise, let's focus on the higher calling to love our neighbors and to seek truth, whether it's in the garage, a Corvette, or the hallowed halls of justice. So as the classified documents probe unfolds, let's strive to be balanced, to be gracious, but to always be a little skeptical as well, holding our leaders to the same standards that they would hold us to. With all this being said, let's lift the story up in prayer. Heavenly Father, in a world of complexity and ethical gray areas, we pray for wisdom and discernment for all involved in this investigation. Guide our leaders to be responsible and just, holding them accountable when they fall short. Give us the grace to seek your truth over partisanship and to remember that all have sinned and are in need of your mercy. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for your mercy every single day. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: So visit Snagajob.com or text SNAG to 242424 to talk to
0: an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Californians are dashing to hide their sweetest fish before Gavin Newsom comes and takes it. California Governor Gavin Newsom inked a new bill this Saturday that gives the state the distinction of being the first in the U.S. to ban red dye number three and several other potentially harmful food additives. This is a story as vibrant as a bag of Skittles, RIP. The bill, officially known as the California Food Safety Act or Assembly Bill 418, very long name, was introduced by assembly members Jesse Gabriel and Buffy Wicks. This groundbreaker of law not only prohibits red dye number three, but also brings potassium bromate, brominated vegetable oil, and propylparaben under its umbrella. These chemicals are regularly used in approximately 12,000 food products including popular candies, beverages, and baked goods. Though some have dubbed this the Skittles ban, fear not, Skittles won't disappear from Californian shelves just yet. The candy used a different formula in the European Union, where these chemicals are already banned, and we'll get to that in a second, proving that the snack can still be offered sans harmful additives. For those who don't have a PhD in food science, let's break this down. Potassium bromate is a dough enhancer used in bread and pastries. Brominated vegetable oil is an emulsifier that stops your favorite citrus-flavored soda from separating into odd layers. Propylbarobins are the hardest to pronounce, that's for sure, and are used as antimicrobials to preserve foods. In a formal letter, Governor Gavin Newsom noted that the European Union has already banned all of these chemicals due to significant public health concerns. Among these are the increased risk of cancer, behavioral issues in children, and potential harm to reproductive and immune systems. Newsom called this move a step closer to an EU-like food environment, giving kudos to American food manufacturers for their adaptability to diverse public health laws. As with any new law, this one has its critics. The National Confectioners Association argues that the bill could undermine consumer confidence and sow confusion by taking unilateral action independent of the FDA. This comes amid a loophole in FDA's Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act known as the Generally Recognized as Safe or GRASS rule, which currently allows these additives. Newsom assures that there is ample time until 2027 for brands to reformulate the recipes. The law aims to boost Californians' confidence in the safety of their food products, and due to the sheer size of California's economy, the benefits are expected to reach across the nation. Nearly 3,000 products from Skittles to instant rice and boxed cake mixes contain red dye number three and some of these other additives, according to the environmental working group Eat Well Guide. But thanks to Newsom's pen, the days are numbered for these additives, at least in California. Until the law takes effect, consumers can check the ingredients listed on food packaging for the inactive ingredients section on medications to steer clear red dye number three. Paul reminded the Corinthians that their bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, This wisdom applies to us today as we navigate a world brimming with artificiality. The effort to clean up our food, to ban substances that could harm us, aligns well with the Christian ethic of treating our bodies with respect due to a temple of God. If you were appointed as a steward of God's temple, you would treat it with diligent respect, constant care, and devotion. When there's something precious to you, you don't want it to be harmed. It's why you don't put lead paint in your children's hallway. It's more than just about Skittles and colorful candies. It's about honoring the bodies God gave us by making mindful choices. This historic ban nudges us all towards a future where such respect is not just personal, but societal, inviting us to taste the rainbow in a way that's a little less artificial and a lot more divine. And so, in a world often rife with gray areas, the Golden State has decidedly removed at least one shade of red. With all this being said, let's close our time together in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for the wisdom to make healthier choices for our bodies, your temples. May this new law inspire us to think consciously about what we consume, not just physically, but spiritually. Help those in power to make decisions that honor you and benefit your creation. We pray all of these things, understanding that there's nuance, there's government overreach, and there's a whole slew of things that have yet to come to the surface. We pray that you give us discernment as we parse through every single news story. Lord, would you give us the humility to correct ourselves when we're wrong, to admit when we need your help, and ultimately, would everything we do and everything we consume be for your glory? We love you, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today on Pray News. It is our aim to be informed and transformed. We pray today you would proceed with hope, love, and determination to be a force for good. If you've enjoyed this take on the news, consider writing us a review and share your experience. You can sign up for our newsletter at PrayNews.com. There you'll find sources to all of our reporting. And be sure to download the Pray.com app to make prayer a priority in your life and experience the Bible in new, cinematic, and exciting ways. God bless.